Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> Welcome to the Points in the Paint podcast. Another episode, more NBA playoff basketball to talk about. I'm Ben Wittenstein. I, of course, am Zach Badgerhouse. I'm always in the house. Listen, y'all, I know my background ain't as lavish and luxury. That's my main man over here, Ben Wittenstein, but that's okay. That's because I'm still in the shy. You and are. Man's over here is in Viva Las Vegas. Oh yeah, I got that that uh, hotel background with the with the lovely lampshade and the the weird <laughs> bed frame that's kind of red. I'm not a fan, but you know, a background's a background. You got to do what you got to do. You got to make room, and you always have to do the podcast. We do it every week, Zach. So you had to get the get the equipment, get the microphone. I'm on the, I'm on the desk. We're set. You know, so don't forget, y'all, you know, subscribe to Points in the Paint, you know, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to YouTube channel, you know, that whole shebang, 773-273-9088, voicemail. We want to hear from all of you, all the listeners. We want to hear from you all throughout these playoffs. So call that voicemail line, please. But, Mr. Wittenstein, we got one sweep, just one. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that that was a series that no one really expected for that to really transpire. No, they really didn't. Um, <laughs> and I think when you look at it, you'd be surprised. I mean, were you were you shocked by it? When it got to when the series. OK, let's tell everybody what we're talking about here. So yes. <laughs> the Boston we Celtics and Brooklyn Nets series, the Boston Celtics, they won the series four to nothing. You know, and it's just crazy that they couldn't win a game like Kevin Durant, all world, all, you know, everything, just, you know, amazing talent. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, amazing talent, playing during Ramadan, playing as well as he possibly can play. Maybe. I don't know. They never got that maybe strong there. That's, That's a hard it's, maybe. It's a real strong maybe. Right. And then you got Ben Simmons never played. You know, everybody got their hopes up for after game two with the reports that he may return for game four. And our good buddy, Nate Jacobson, made a good point today. And I agree with him so much. He said that it didn't really make sense. And everyone should have never gotten their hopes up because had the which they did. If the Boston Celtics were to win game three, what makes you think Ben Simmons is going to return for game four when the series is now a deficit of a 0-3? Your thoughts? Yeah, it, it makes sense why he didn't return to that respect. I mean, why why would he want to come back to a game where he could possibly be eliminated again? And he would have been the first player in NBA yeah, history to be eliminated back to back <laughs> back to back games, be eliminated. One of the weirder stats out there. Uh, so it makes sense why he didn't want to do that. But 
it's getting ridiculous, Zach. I'm 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 a little to the point where I'm sick and tired of the Ben Simmons situation. I'm sick oh, and tired of talking that. about him. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about him because we're throwing him into NBA prison. But oh man, Zach, it's it clearly affected the Nets. KD's yep. clearly pissed off. I mean, that guy is. I think he's done with Kyrie. He's done with Simmons. He's done with Steve Nash. He just seems like he's done with it all. Kyrie was, you know, trying quote unquote his best, I guess. But then he comes out and says, Uh-oh. well, you know, if the team just had more time to, to play together and if we could have had the chemistry that the Celtics had, that would have been nice. And it's like, dude, what? That You're the reason why. Yes, you are the 100% the reason why. So yes, there's, is. there was a lot of issues where I think if you look deeper to that team, you could have seen the cracks a little bit more clearly. But all that people saw and all that, you know, I was blinded to it at some points where you're like, well, they have Kyrie. They have Kevin Durant. They should be at least having a shot to win most of the games that they play. And the Celtics said, nope, you're not doing anything defensively. You're a one-trick pony offensively. We're going to beat you. And that's what they did. Full sweep, 4-0. I love to see it. You do love to see it. It's But it's just so wild that a team with Kevin Durant on it in the first round of the playoffs could not win one game. And granted to him, it said he put up a fight. In that last game, that game four with 39 points, you know what I'm saying? He tried to do what he could. They kept it tight towards the end. But when it's all said and done, man, you may, you, Doka, you can coach one hell of a team. And he turned this team around. We've said it time and time again on Points in the Paint, how the Celtics turned around their season going back to January. And here we are in late April, and he's got a full sweep on his plate. And you love to see it. You know what I'm saying? He got the, he ate his meal real good. You know, so they washed the dishes and they swept the flow <laughs> with the Brooklyn Nets. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure how a team beats the Celtics at this point. They, they look too good. They look mm. like a juggernaut of a team. Defensively, they're as good as anyone else. And offensively, they can beat you for many different ways with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And you even have guys like Robert Williams, who's back. And, and he's such a big part to that team. Grant Williams, man, is he the best three-point shooter in the NBA now? Nah. Like, what, what's going on with the guy? Four three-pointers in a row? I mean, the guy has been shooting lights out. If if everyone on this team is contributing, you don't need Jason Tatum to score 50 points to win. He can do it if he wants to, but you don't need him to score 50 points to win. You give him a nice 25-30, Jalen Brown gets his 20. You have the role players getting theirs, Al Horford helping out with some three-point shots, some rebounds. Like, this is a team that's built for everyone to contribute, and if they do that, I don't know who's beating him. Oh, you know, you cannot count out the point guard. He out here with the 10 assists. Did you see that? Marcus Smart had 10 plus assists in game four. Like that was, you know, that was really, that stood out to me the most. You know what I'm saying? In the box score is the fact that Marcus Smart was able to dish and dime the way that he did. And we know what he does on a defensive end, defensive player of the year. He put KD and Kyrie in a straight jacket. Let's just call it what it is, you know what I'm saying? Let's just call it, I'm going to call it how I see it. He had them boys out there frustrated. They were tired. The double teams came. There were no. There was no ball movement in terms of the Brooklyn Nets offense, in terms of no motion really either amongst the players at times throughout the games. And so I don't know if you point the direction at Steve Nash, but we'll get into that. You know I hate to do that because Steve Nash was my boy. He was my guy growing up, and uh, his coaching is highly questionable at this point. For sure. But let's get to one big thing of the week. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. Uh, because I wanted to talk about this team, Zach, and they yep. just lost on Monday night. Let's talk about 
the Philadelphia 76ers? Because I'm worried. I'm starting to get a little worried. Joel Embiid, mm. not 100%. Yep. Team now only up 3-2 in the series. Doc Rivers has that history of uh, giving up those 3-1 leads that's wait, following though. him but everywhere. Wait, I got to tell you this, though. This isn't a 3-1 lead, though. We got to keep in mind. They were up 3-0. Not three to one. This was three nothing. You know what I'm saying? Joel Embiid did the buzzer beater for them to go up three nil in this series and was calling out a sweep. You know what I'm saying? The Drizzy Drake. So I don't know if we need to put it on the three one. You know, we know he's done that. He's lost those what three times, but this was a little different because he was up three nil as opposed to three one. Is different in that it's worse. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's worse. You were up three nothing. You had to win one more game, and now you've lost two in a row. And now Joel Embiid is hurt, and now you have to go back to Toronto, where you're going to beat out a player. Yep. And again, a hurt Joel Embiid and a team now that smells blood in the water. So I don't really know where the 76ers go from here. James Harden has he's been useless. He's been doing nothing. He hasn't been shooting well. He can't play defense. The team as a whole can't play defense. Zach, they were outscored in the paint. Their points in the paint, as the name of our podcast, 56 to 36. The Toronto Raptors outscored them 56 to 36 in the paint. That should never happen with a Joel Embiid team. And the Raptors figured out, hey, we can go big. We're not going to have Fred Van Vliet. Let's put on some big guys here. Let's yeah. the, the smallest guy out there, six foot five, and Gary Trent. Mm-hmm. We'll throw out a big lineup. And the 76ers had no idea what to do with it. Yeah, they so, switched everything, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Nick Nurse has kind of found the uh, the formula to beat the 76ers team with an addition by subtraction for Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, that's the tough. That's why I don't think they're going to ultimately win the series because they're going to miss him. And Doc Rivers' adjustments can be made. So he's going to have to find a way to do that. Has James Harden been a liability on this team in the playoffs? I'll say no. That would be the wrong term to use in terms of whether he's been a liability. Has he struggled offensively? Yes. In terms of scoring the basketball, we need to see him play as if he was in his Houston days. Will we see that again? That's the biggest question mark. We, a lot of people are questioning whether or not, you know, he's a shell of himself and he, maybe we just may may never see James Harden in that form again, you know, especially with the new rules in terms of like, you know, not drawing the fouls the way that he used to do. And so when you have all of that, I do give him this one nugget. He knows how to get other guys involved. He has the ability to distribute, you know what I'm saying, and rack up the assist total. You know what I'm saying? He can go out there and get you 10 to 14 assists any given night, especially we've seen it right now in the playoffs. So he does have that ability. But he also has to find a way to take the pressure off of Joel Embiid with this hand injury right now because that thumb, they're going to be whacking at it and doing whatever they can yeah. to frustrate Joel Embiid. And so James got to step it up. And we need to see one of those 25, 30-point ball games out of Harden if they're going to be successful in the remainder of this series and moving forward in playoffs. I do think, being they win the series, but it may be a little uh, – it may get a little struggle. It may game struggle seven. a little bit. Yeah, it might get seven. Game seven winner? It might be a game seven winner. And I even say this, that next round, because you're looking like Miami may pull it away with the, uh, against the Hawks. So that second round against that tough Heat team, man, it might be scary hours for uh, the Heat going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I think their their path has looked a lot easier in the past couple of days, especially with this Raptors team who is playing really well. But they're inconsistent, not really sure what they can accomplish on a consistent mm-hmm. basis, especially if Fred Van Vliet's going to be hurt. And now we have the shell of himself, James Harden. 
The guy can't play defense. Now he can't even score the basketball, and you have an injured Joel Embiid. So the Heat are looking really good setup-wise if they finish the Atlanta Hawks out. And by the time this comes out, that may be true. Absolutely. And speaking of which, you know what I'm saying, the Hawks didn't get swept, and that's my OBT. My one big thing is that we didn't have any sweeps except one. Except one. <laughs> but the one that we got, like I said before, that was the one that probably was the most unlikely that most basketball fans thought would take place. A lot of people didn't expect that to be a sweep. A lot of people expected who to get swept. The Pelicans, that series is what? Tied 2-2 at the recording of this podcast. That is crazy. They can potentially go up 3-2. There's no Devin Booker the last two games. Chris Paul showed up in game three. He did not in game four. He got alvarado and that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Alvarado. Is that a verb now? Is that what we're using, alvarado you got Alvarado. Grant that photo. Grant that Alvarado. You love to see it, man. So I, I do like Jose Alvarado and what he's been able to add to that team defensively. Willie Green has done an exceptional job. I'll get into that later. But like I said, no sweeps. The Bulls got a game. A lot of people didn't expect the Bulls to get a game. I'll say that one more they time. Didn't. A lot of people didn't expect the Bulls to get a game. And what makes it more funny, Ben, and I'm blaming you for them losing game three, but that's neither here or there. You did go to the game. You're blaming but, me for losing game three because I was there? Yes. I could have helped them out. <laughs> I could have yelled at Grayson Allen more. You got to, you definitely should have been yelling at Grayson Allen. Especially yeah. Grayson Allen. Specifically Grayson Allen. The Bulls, every time he touched the ball, that one, that wasn't good enough. And we saw in the post game conference that that only just makes him better because the whole Bucks team is booing him from the point he steps on the team bus to the point he gets in the practice facility. Okay. So the Bulls yeah. clearly aren't, weren't working in the United Center on Grayson Allen. And then you know you yeah. got Poppy P out there doing what he do against his former team. And uh, listen, I know y'all I know y'all love Bobby P at some point, but don't hate him now because he's wearing a different uniform. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm terrified. <laughs> no, I'm t- I'm not saying anything to Bobby Portis because I'm terrified. I saw what he did to, to Nikola Miritich, broke his <laughs> okay. jaw, murdered and that's his own teammate. Imagine if I said you suck Bobby, you, he would end my life. I would be dead. He's his crazy eyes <laughs> That's that's a real thing. He's got crazy yeah. eyes. He's gonna come after you. So I I was not gonna yell at Bobby Portis. I I I respect him too much, and I respect living too much to uh to yell at him from the sideline. But Grayson, I should have said like, you're doing a good job, Grayson. Keep doing your thing. Maybe that would have thrown him off a little bit. Reverse jinx. <laughs> yeah, do a little reverse jinx on Grayson. But yeah, that series has not gone well. So I'm uh, I'm a little disappointed in the Bulls. I'm glad they won one. They're mm. not going to get swept. They're at least going to have their dignity. Zach Levine's going to be out for Game Five because of health and safety protocols. That was from our boy Shams. He he tweeted that one out. So uh, it's over, Zach. And and this is going to come out the the day the Bulls play. And I'm saying right now, I would be shocked, shocked if the Bulls won <laughs> tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks, shorthanded and with the way they've been playing. Well, you see, you got the Timberwolves, at least, you know what I'm saying, as we go out west against the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's looking like it could go seven. At least, you know, we hope so. You know, it oh, yeah. is, it's tied 2-2 right now as we're recording this podcast. And one of these teams by tomorrow is going to be up 3-2. to two. So who normally, like 82% of the time, being. I don't know if you know this, but whoever wins game five when a series tied 2-2 goes on to win the series. So there's a lot on the line for a game five between the Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Yeah, well, I'm hoping it's the Memphis Grizzlies. Got to be putting some, you know, while in Vegas, you got to put some money down on some teams and put some money down on that Memphis okay. Grizzlies, a uh, little bit of a spread, minus six and a half. Think they can get it done at home. So by the time you're hearing this on Wednesday morning, I'll either be a very happy, more wealthier man, or I'll be uh, a little bit poorer for the experience with the uh, Timberwolves beating them. So we'll have to see what they do because I would love for this series to go seven. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Zach, I'm not really sure who i want to win this series me neither and, I, and and i know you were just rooting for that seven game series and i think yep. i'm going to be rooting for that too so when the series tied two to two i don't really care who wins i'm probably going to be rooting for the grizzlies that's where my money's going to be but I, i'm not going to be upset if anthony edwards and carl anthony towns move on to the next round and i'm not going to be upset if john morant and Stephen Adams and Dylan Brooks and all them move on to the second round too. So mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of happy either way. I'm sad that one of them has to lose in the first round. That's true. But I'm glad that one of them gets to move on. And me too, right? And then the Pelicans and what they're doing, you know, they kind of need to chill out though a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Pelicans need to chill because nobody yeah. wants them to be doing all this. You know what I'm saying? Brandon Ingram out here playing like he's Kevin, like he's Kevin Durant 2.0. That might be a little stretch, but that's neither here or there. You know, but he's playing well. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I was one of those people who was never really sold on Brandon Ingram in terms of a talent and what he can do in the NBA. But I'll tip my hat off to him. You know what I'm saying? Brandon Ingram is playing very well in these playoffs. You know what I'm saying? 25-plus damn near every game. You got CJ doing what he's supposed to do. And, you know what I'm saying? They doing what the JV out there. They, they handling business. You know, you they know are. JV slick Jonas back there. Yeah. You know, I like Jonas out there on the boards. You know what I'm saying? Banging down low, doing what he got to do against DeAndre Aiden in the first place Phoenix Suns. And it's, you know, it's tied to to him. A lot of people didn't expect that. So, yeah, I would love to know what type of hair gel Jonas Valanciunas uses. Cause that, that hair is glistening every single game. It's not moving at all. I think he just stayed back making him look good with that beard, man. He's, he's a good looking fella. I'll, I'll admit it on the podcast. Jonas Valanciunas looks good. He plays well. Pause. That's all you need if you're the Pelicans. It's great. And, and they're looking really good. And the thing is, Zach, the playoffs is where the stars come and shine the brightest, and that is Brandon Ingram right now. So you can mm-hmm. fault him for being inconsistent during the regular season, not being as good of a player as they probably needed to get a higher seed. But, man, come playoff time, he's they right needed here. him to show up, and the man showed up, and he's going to continue to show up. And we'll see what he does tonight once this podcast comes out tomorrow. But, man, he's he's looked really good, and, and you have to respect what he's done in the playoffs because if guys can play well in the playoffs, you kind of – can't criticize them as much anymore because they showed up when the team needed them to show up. That's why I don't like Jimmy Butler. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what he is doing. He has definitely elevated his game yeah. from the regular season to the postseason. And it made me want to call him Jimmy Buckets, but I just hate the name Jimmy Buckets because he ain't really about that life. But whatever. What's next? <laughs> All right. Let's do some prison time. Let's throw someone in prison, Zach, because every week mm. we got to throw someone in prison. And it's been easier the past couple of weeks. We've had, some, we've, we've had some good targets, some easy targets, but I think this one's a pretty obvious one. And we're going to oh. have to throw my namesake. I, 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 I do not like that we have to throw another Ben in NBA prison because I was thrown in NBA prison a couple of weeks ago, so another oh. Ben is going to be going in NBA prison. There, but for yeah, NBA yeah. jail time this week, we have to throw Ben Simmons in NBA jail. Right to jail. Got to. And it's only right. You have to throw him in that jail cell because, bro, can you play one game? They only wanted one. Reggie Miller said it best, bro. You can go out there, win one game, 
and see what happens. And like you said, it ain't even got to be starter minutes. Just give them 15 minutes of you guarding Jalen Brown, switching off to Jason Tatum, just to give them some life. Push the fast break. Give the Brooklyn Nets, the Barkley Center, some energy that they, I know they would have wanted. I know the Brooklyn Nets fans would have wanted to see him out there, you know, pushing the tempo in the fast break, getting the rebound and getting out on a break with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Because I know they would have had plenty of opportunities because that's his style of play. Defensively, we know what he can do because he's made all defensive teams before and has been a candidate for defensive player of the year. But the best ability being is what? Availability. And he is never available never available and i don't know how good he could have been coming back his first time back at an nba game and it's the playoffs and it's game four you're gonna get swept you know how much can you expect from ben simmons maybe that's why you play him 10 15 minutes throw him in in the middle of the second quarter throw him in at the middle of the third quarter give him some of these minutes some non-high pressure minutes see what he can do but he's just said no he said these the mental stresses and the mental health issues were causing back spasms and causing back pain and so that's why he couldn't play and Shams reported that the guys and his teammates were expecting him to at least try to play and he couldn't even do it Zach so I don't I don't know what the issue is and you never want to start questioning a guy's mental health or questioning mental health issues it's just gotten ridiculous though to this point where oh, people expect redundant. him to play and the reports are saying he should play and then he's out and he's saying he can't because of some mental blockage. Like, are we going to see him play in the NBA ever again? That is a, I'm starting to think we're not. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a valid question. That is a, definitely a, a valid question to ask. Will we ever see Ben Simmons play in the NBA ever again to this point? Because if you can't, it's been a whole year now. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and a lot of people are looking on the outside looking in. It's as if you left your team hanging when they needed you the most. Like, that's how it looks. Because it's already you pushed your way and forced your way out of an or, another organization, the Philadelphia 76ers. But now you come over here in February, and here it is April, and you're still not prepared. You even had reporters take a video of you dunking the ball and saying, make sure you get this. Putting it out there that you may return and you don't even return when they need you the absolute most down three nil in a playoff series. Like we can't get you for one game and just see what happens and go from there. Like the back issue is that much of a problem. So I guess you've been sitting down too long. I guess that's what it is being. He was sitting <laughs> down too long at the back just, just flat out bothering him. I don't understand, but he got all the time to think about it when he laying down. In that prison cell. He is, yeah. And he deserves to be in the NBA jail. He really does. And I, I'm not a, the biggest Reggie Miller fan out there, but, man, I agreed with every single <laughs> word of that tweet. If you're a competitor, you find a way. Tiger Woods almost died in a car accident a year and a half ago, and that man's playing in the Masters. Robert Williams gets hurt in March with an injury that probably could have left him out the rest of the season. He's back. He's back for the Celtics. I mean, there are guys that fight through these injuries, and he's not the first NBA player to have to fight through a back injury. You know, it's not some, like, ridiculous, it's not like an ACL tear or a meniscus tear. It's a back issue. All these guys have back issues by playoff time. And he's just saying, nope, I'm going to sit on the bench. I'm going to dress really flashy, look like an idiot sitting there on the bench, not being able to play. I mean, that's that's made it worse, to be honest. I think... He should not even be at these games. If he's not going to play, why be there? <laughs> why why be the guy that sits there with the flash? Well, he wasn't there. He wasn't there clothes. game four. 
Which he wasn't because like of his back that. issues. But I didn't. But I didn't like that though. I didn't like how he wasn't on the bench for this game. But I'm. But he knows he probably would have got heckled had he oh, been yeah. sitting on the bench again watching this team play and not being a part of the minutes that needed to be that needed to be there for him <laughs> to order to see what's going to happen in the next maybe perhaps the next game. But who yeah, knows? just sit courtside to see his team get swept. It's it's ridiculous, and it's it's really starting to annoy me, and I really hope we don't have to talk about Ben Simmons for a long, long time because he's either going to come back next season to start the season or he's not. If he, if he does not come back at the start of the season next year, get rid of him. We're putting an embargo on talking about Ben Simmons because <laughs> it's not an end-of-the-world injury is his back issue. If he's not ready through the offseason to start game one of the next season, get him out of here. Get him out of here. We'll, we'll throw him into an even deeper prison. I don't know, like a, a higher maximum security NBA jail. <laughs> Solitary confinement. <laughs> Solitary confinement for Ben Simmons. All right, let's do some dunk or deny. And we talked about it. We talked about the Pels, Zach, and I'm really, really high on the New Orleans Pelicans future. If Zion Williamson can come back and if he can be healthy and if he stays in New Orleans, and that's a key, if he stays in New Orleans, I've got high hopes for this Pelicans team. In the future, Brandon Ingram can make it work with Zion. They got C.J. McCollum there, and he'll be he'll be good for another couple of years. They have a pretty solid base of players. Herbert Jones is going to be one of the better defenders in the NBA for the next couple of years. They have a good base around some stars. That could be a pretty good winning formula they got. I like Willie Green, like what he's done. Yeah. I like how this roster is currently constructed. You know, when Zion comes back, we know that's a, you, he just walks in the gym and that's probably going to be 25 points just off the fact that he's going to be yeah. bigger, stronger and faster than his opponent. You hope. <laughs> he would hope, you know, and so when you got all of that, because we saw what he was able to do when he is available, when he is available, I'll say that one more time. When Zion Williamson Wait. is available. He has a lot of production, 25 points. Majority of it is going to come into pain. He's going to rim run. They're going to he, he can attack the basket free throw line down like he has all the proper tools to be an impactful player for that team. Now, the rest of the core just got to be right on board with whatever they're trying to do. Right. Because when he comes back, the, the offense will probably look a little different. You're still going to have Jonas Valachunas out there for sure. You're going to have B.I. out there, and you mentioned C.J. You know, so they're going to have to be able to find a way to get one more shooter, I believe, because with having J.V. and Jonas out there at the same time can cause maybe a little bit of conflict. And I only say that because I know currently right now they run out there with Jackson Hayes and J.V., two bigs, which I love. I love the fact that they have two bigs two on bigs. the floor. You know what I'm saying? Because that – defensively it helps, you know what I'm saying? And we've seen it, we're seeing it right now. You know what I mean? If you can have some, some some scrappy guards out there alongside with the bigs, you know, holding it down in the paint with Jackson Hayes and JV and cause some problems moving forward. So I do like the Pelicans future. I can dunk with you on that too, bud. There we go. Let's 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 all be maybe they're gonna be the team of the podcast next season. Uh-oh. It was the Grizzlies this year, it was the Thunder last year. Maybe next year we'll, we'll ride with the New Orleans Pelicans. If Zion's back, best ability is availability, as we always say. <laughs> See if Zion can actually be back. And you know who's probably loving this Ben Simmons coverage is Zion. That man's, <laughs> oh, yeah. that man's got his own practice film footage of him dunking and 360 through the yep. legs. People should be questioning why the hell is he not on the court now at this point. 
That's very true. <laughs> I totally agree with that because I've definitely seen the practice footage of him out there just giving the world a yep. dunk a dunk contest. They need to turn the phones off so we don't <laughs> see that. So then those questions yeah. won't have to come out like that. Well, yeah. why isn't he playing? Because there was a little media, a little frenzy amongst uh, the New Orleans Pelicans and whether or not you know he could play or doesn't want to play in these playoffs based off those videos that we've been seeing. Yeah, 100%. All right, who are you dunking with? Ooh-wee. So we already mentioned the Pelican. So Willie Green, exceptional job, sir. Let yeah. me just say that. First year in as a head coach, New Orleans Pelicans, you fight it, you fight your way. They get the trade for CJ McCollum and they fight their way from being like a 12th seed in the West to becoming a 10th seed and fighting their way into the playoffs. Get in the playoffs. A lot of people probably expect them to get swept. Devin Booker goes down game two, doesn't finish the game. They still win the game. And then you got the Pelicans at home holding it down, winning both games. Good job, Willie Green. And on the other side, let's go out east. I got a dunk with Ume Udoka, bro. A sweep, bro. Maybe win the series, but a sweep. You went out there and swept them boys. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. All world offensive skill talent. You put those boys in a straight jacket for four games. That's unbelievable, being in my opinion. I gotta dunk with. Oh, it's awesome! And what he did with this team, man. Defensive player of the year, top five talent right now in the playoffs. Jason Tatum, Robert Williams coming back. Man, this team can do something. It's going to be tough come that next round if the Milwaukee Bucks get past the Chicago Bulls. They got to see what they can do against the defending champs. But you may Udoka, bro. I like what he's done. Funny what happens when you get rid of Danny Ainge from the front office and you move Brad Stevens away from the bench. You may Udoka, whose defensive strategy has been incredible against the Nets, as you said. And now you don't have to worry about, you know, is Kemba Walker going to be playing because of some bad moves. You don't have Danny Ainge coming and saying, well, we could have gotten this trade done. I almost got it done, but then such and such happened and it didn't get done. You have none of that garbage happening for the Celtics. It's just good basketball. Tatum's entering the, his prime. It's the perfect timing for the Celtics team to actually do something good and actually be probably one of the favorites to win the NBA Finals, to be quite honest. They have to get past the Bucks, but I think they can do that, to be quite I'll honest. I'll take it a step the way they've been playing. I'll take it a step further, Ben. The winner of that potential series, Bucks, Bull, Bucks and the uh, Celtics, are going to go to the finals. The winner of that series go to the finals. All right. I like it. I could I could go on board with that. I think that they're the two best teams in the East. I don't really know who else beats them. The Heat maybe have a chance if they were able to get to the five, the conference finals, but I think those both those teams could play could beat the Heat just based on their offense alone. I think that would I think that's huge for both of them. Uh, should I go to my deny? Because I'm really excited to deny this. Yeah, go ahead. Deny this. Because uh, yeah, right. I've been feeling a little frenzy about this, too. I've been kind of upset about it, too, a little bit. Yeah, you've been upset. Joel Embiid's been upset. I, pretty much every Monty player. Williams was upset. <laughs> Monty Williams, all these coaches, these players. I'm talking about the officiating, mm. Zach, and I'm denying the officiating in the NBA playoffs because it has been horrendous. It has been some of the worst officiating I have seen in a time where you really don't need a lot of whistles. They've been calling terrible touch fouls. They haven't been calling fouls that are fouls. They're misidentifying players on calls. The free throw disparities between these teams are terrible at points. It's just overall a terrible product that the NBA officials 
have been putting on. A lot of these guys seemingly aren't watching the game. They're calling these ticky-tack fouls. They're calling these ghost fouls. It's affecting games down the stretch. It's affecting how teams play because you're getting these guys in foul trouble early. That's affecting the rest of the game. And it makes for just bad basketball, and I, and I hate it. And it's been brought up by coaches, by players, by fans. The entire product of the NBA playoffs has been been hurt a ton simply because of how bad the officiating has been. I don't know if it's really been that bad, though, Ben. It's been bad. It's been bad. Outside of the one game that I'll say where it was, like, blatantly obvious and the 42-17 free throw disparity in the Phoenix Suns, New Orleans Pelicans game where the Pelicans had 42 free throws and the Suns only had 17, and Monty Williams touched on that. Outside of that specific game, out of all the playoff games I've watched, I feel like that's the only game where I felt like the free throws were a little over the top. Now, the, now, are there missed calls throughout these playoffs? Sure. Is it more physical in the playoffs? Obviously, yes. Um, do I feel like and they do a, not let them play? That is another issue. The you don't physicality so? in the playoff goes up. I, I don't think so. And I think there's pockets of times where they which, do let them play sometimes. Which games do you feel like you've seen where? You feel like the officiating, they're not letting them play. Which game specifically do you do you recall so far? There's been a lot in the Bulls-Bucks series. Okay. There's been a lot in the Bulls-Bucks series. There was a huge free throw disparity in game three for the Bulls and the Bucks, uh, where the Bucks just continually got free throws. And I don't think the Bulls shot any free throws through two quarters, which that can't happen. There's no way the Bucks are not fouling the Bulls on any of their shots. And I think there were some games in the Pelicans series with, with the Suns, too. They're having yeah, issues four. with free throws, mm-hmm. like you were saying, game four. And I think in the entire series as well, the, the officiating has been poor. And if you know, if I have to grade all the officials for the NBA playoffs this far, I mean, they're going to get like a C minus. Really? Maybe. I, I, have to, I just haven't been impressed. I, I've never seen a game where the officials haven't gotten involved in a situation they should not have gotten involved in. And like you said, the physicality goes up. I'd like to see them swallow their whistles more. I mean, you see it in all these big time games. You see it in the NFL. You know, as the, as the playoffs go on, the whistles get less and less frequent. Let the guys play. Let them play. You know, this, this is the playoffs. It should be a little bit more bumping against each other, a little bit more physical, a little bit more hard nose. You don't have to call little touch fouls anymore. This isn't the regular season. Let, let the game breathe a little bit. This doesn't have to be about blowing the whistle for every little thing. That's something I'm going to pay attention to a little bit closer, the officiating as Watch we go into it. these games tonight. Because I just feel like watching the – it's me watching the games, not really rooting for anyone. I, and, I, and I'm going to touch on this too because I feel like your money might be getting messed with a little bit too. So I feel like that <laughs> may be another reason why i upset be. with the officiating too. A little bit, a little bit too many whistles, free throws coming down that spread or that total might get you a little bit. So you might be feeling a little, little upset about, you know what I'm saying? The officiating as it relates to your pockets. Listen, I, I try to maintain journalistic integrity <laughs> non-biased viewpoint of these games. The money can get involved sometimes, I'll admit, a little bit. But I do think that overall, bad product for the officiating. I'm very out of it. Maybe as the second round goes on and then you get the conference finals and you get the finals, maybe the officiating gets a little bit better. They're able to put the better officials into some of the bigger games. But, man, right now it's it's tough sometimes to watch where you just have 
stupid foul calls. You have bad foul calls, missing calls. It's bad. Bad, bad all around. <laughs> so let's get into what I'm going to deny here. Yes, what I, I would love to hear this. Deny is your main man. You know what I'm saying? Your boy growing up. That's number 13. This <laughs> Steve hurts. Nash. I got to deny him right now, right now as a coach. Because, bro, you had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. There's no excuse not to win one game. One game, let alone not make the series competitive, but just to win one game. I feel like and I, this may be cliche because a lot of people have been saying this throughout the last, you know, two or three games with them before they got eliminated, the Brooklyn Nets. But there were adjustments, but the proper adjustments were not made throughout that series. I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't make any adjustments because that would be a very bland take and bland position to go on. And I'm not going to do that because he did probably make adjustments. And you kind of saw the adjustments throughout the, throughout the series. However, were the proper adjustments made where a, f- a fluid offense could be flowing in a proper motion to take pressure off of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at times throughout the series? Absolutely not. You can sit and you can watch it. There's plenty of freeze frames out there on social media where you can see where the offense, there's just guys standing around waiting to see what's going to happen, allowing the defense to set, get into their defensive position, whether it's a one, two, whether it's a one, two, two or a one, two, one, however, however you want to throw it out there, you know what I'm saying? Great job, you know, however you want to throw it out there. But, you know what I'm saying, I feel like, you know, with enough, with the assistance on the team of the Brooklyn Nets, whether it's Dan Tony, like somebody should have been in Nash's ear telling him, you know, we need to do yeah. something different on the offensive end. Yeah, they had to change something up because it clearly wasn't working. You'd think after three games in a row of something not working, you'd be all right making some drastic changes. Do something new. Mm-hmm. And it never happened. You're going to the same thing. And the strategy, Zach, you know what the strategy was? Durant and Irving score, and everyone else get out of the way. That's the strategy. Durant and Irving, you do your thing. Bruce Brown was having a great oh, start to the series. Man, I gotta and tell and you how something. much do they go to him in game four? How much do they go to him in game four? And bro, this I is me. I no. bet Bruce Brown. <laughs> no, I got to tell bro. you something, though. That is so funny with the Bruce Brown, though. I got to throw this stat at you. It's so crazy, right? Bro, I, I had to. I gotta stop you because it's it's so the status is it's so funny, Ben. So whenever apparently whenever Bruce Brown scores over fifteen points, the Brooklyn Nets are winless. Are winless? I'm not making winless. this list. Okay, this is listen. Somebody put that in my ear this oh, week. No. They said, bro, really? whenever Bruce Brown scores over fifteen points, the Brooklyn Nets lose the game. So that great game we out. got in like game three, <laughs> that game we went off for like almost thirty, where they obviously lost. They listen, they knew game four. Look, we can't be going at Bruce Brown. <laughs> Bruce Brown, oh, you no. gotta chill. Cause apparently whenever you have exceptional productivity for the Brooklyn <laughs> we Nets, suck. we can't win a game. <laughs> It's unreal. It's crazy. Dude, I need to go look at his uh I need to go look at his game logs now because that is hilarious. If he plays well and the rest well that stinks because he had a terrible game <laughs> game four and they still lost. still lost. So I don't know if he's the problem. <laughs> I don't know if that's the issue or he's the problem and they're losing. But so for right now, I gotta deny Steve Nash as a coach, and I hope to see them in a new light <laughs> come next season. Yep. Yep. Atkinson, I think, would have been uh, a fun coach to watch with this team. 
Yeah, that's they true. got rid of him for Steve Nash. They did. They did. And I love Steve. I love my boy Nash. And I'm, I'm, I was starting to question his coaching in game just four. Just a little bit, huh? Yeah. Just, just a wee little bit. A wee little bit. Not, not fully enough yet. I like him too much, but just a wee little bit. Uh, we got a new segment. We do. A new segment. What's our new segment? It's specifically for the playoffs, and it's all about the unsung heroes in the playoffs, you know. Because right. that's what they say. They say you make a name in the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. This is where you make a name for yourself. And a player right now that's flying under the radar. But making a name for himself being is Herbert Jones. And you mentioned his name when you talked about the New Orleans Pelicans. Let me tell y'all something, folks. I want y'all listen very carefully. The next time you're watching the New Orleans Pelicans in this Series, this first round series against the Phoenix Suns, I want you all for about three to four or five possessions on the defensive side of New Orleans Pelicans. Just watch Herbert Jones. Wherever he goes, you watch and you are going to be impressed. That man is everywhere. Deflections, whether he's watching the ball, watching, watching the ball and being in good position to get a steal or just a rebound position or just not, not backing down from vets, whether it's Chris Paul Devin Booker, when he was out there, just not backing down, man. He's a young pup, but he's a young pup that's looking like a bulldog. And so I got to give credit where credit's due. Being Herbert Jones is playing outstanding on the defensive end of the ball, man. He blocked three threes. First time that ever happened in the playoffs. Playing wow. outstanding. His def- yeah, his defensive effort's been amazing. And also, you can't forget, he is the only 23-year-old Uh-oh. in America with the name Herbert. <laughs> I'm pretty sure about that one. <laughs> no, so that he's is, got that going for him. He got a, that is a 65-year-old name for sure. So somebody, <laughs> granddad, uncle, he named after somebody in the family for sure because a name like Herbert is yeah. not today's generation's name. You got anybody yeah. that's flying under the radar for you you want to talk about? Anybody? Well, when you talked about this game, I mean, or when you talk about this team, I wanted to bring up Jose Alvarado, but I don't even know if he's under the radar anymore. Because I, think, I, I feel like too many people know about him and know how much of a pest he is just because of that last game that he had about on Chris Paul and annoying mm-hmm. Chris Paul and getting the calls. I, I like he would be the perfect person for this, but I think he's too well known. I think mm. I think too many people now know who Jose Alvarado is. Grand Theft Alvarado. Grand Theft Alvarado. <laughs> the Pelicans just got a bunch of these guys, maybe because it's the Pelicans and no one paid attention to them during the regular season. We're now seeing why they are actually in the playoffs, and that's because of Herbert Jones, a little bit of Jose Alvarado, Valanchun is playing well, all of that. But I, I throw one more player at you. Just one, I just all throw right. a name at you and just want to see your reaction. Dorian Fitty Smith. Interesting. I like it. He has been under the radar. Defensively, yeah. Defensively, he has been a cornerstone for them. I saw a stat that was like he's contested like the most shots of any other player in the playoffs so far, and he's held his opponent to like 38% shooting. Impressive. Dorian Finney-Smith, that's impressive. So I just want to throw the unsung heroes out there that are flying under the radar. I'll get a good little sounder for that one, too. <laughs> All right, finishing it off, game of the week. What should the people put their money on this week? Ooh-wee. So last week, folks, come on now. I did a good job. The Timberwolves. Maps all around. 
Game three, when they took care of business, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they did what they were supposed to do. Game three, money line of the first round. We got the dub, folks. But I'm going to take it a step further because in order for this series to be over between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies, they have to go at least to game six. And so for game six, either the Timberwolves are going to close it or force a game seven, folks. But either way, I like the Minnesota Timberwolves to take care of business Back at home for game six at the Target Center. Carl Anthony Towns, wake up, player. Can we get two games in a row where you play exceptionally well? Well, I guess in this case, it would be three games. I pray to the Lord Savior himself (laughs) that come game six, you can have an outstanding game, and I can be out here looking good again in these streets. D'Angelo Russell, I'm going to need you to step it up. Pat Bev, you just continue doing what you do, player. Don't don't ever change. Don't you ever change, Pat Bev. Classic Pat Bev. Classic Pat Bev. Ja, you go out there, you have yourself a good game, because I never want them to talk bad about you. But the rest of your teammates, you know, they could just calm it down just a little bit, just a tad bit. Have some off nights. I just have an off night. Especially if y'all go out there and win game five. I really need y'all to have an off night, come back game six, and we can have that game seven like we want. Yeah. But game there six. There you go. Wolves money line over the Memphis. All right, that's what I'm gonna I'm go doing. run to bet it. Go run downstairs and bet that one in the casino. Bet you better. That's what I'm talking about. That's the energy I like to hear, being, and that's going to conclude this edition of the Points to the Pain podcast, presented by Stadium. NBA is what we do, baby. NBA all the time. That's how we do it. Ain't that right, being? That's how we have. Oh yeah. It. You know what I mean? And make sure you. There you go. The association all the time. So make sure you follow at points pain on Twitter, Facebook, subscribe to the YouTube channel, catch the videos on Instagram and YouTube, obviously, as well. Now, my boy Shams, he breaks all the news. You never want to miss it. Right. And the drama is only going to continue to increase. So you got to follow him on Twitter and catch inside the association with my boy Cam Smith, Pat Garrity and Shams himself running a three man weave. The boy Nate Jacobson. And our main man, Ben Wittenstein here, giving you all the betting tips you need from Sharp Lessons. So make sure you listen to that podcast weekly, folks, and make sure you subscribe as well. And tape don't lie with our main man, Michael Felder. The NFL draft is just around the corner, literally this week, folks. So you don't want to miss him. And, you know, and you want to follow Michael Felder right now, too, inside the bleachers. You want to follow our man because he's doing a great job doing all these different podcasts. So you want to hear what he has to say, folks. So pay attention to all of that as the NFL draft gets closer. And you will hear from us in a few days. 